Big Fluff. This is white wine. You wouldn't happen to have any canned shrimp or crab meat around, would you? Yes, but the dressing I bought is supposed to go with cheese. You got any oil? Oh, I don't mind the squeak. Don't bother with it now. Salad oil. Oh, I have some oil I bought from the drugstore. Never mind. Forget it. You see the little box? Pick it up. Had it, girl. You put it in your little hand. Come on in here. Light the candles. And you take off your shoes. You smoke your little corn cob pipe, and dinner will be ready in a jiffy. Papa's gonna cook the dinner. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. This is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And it is our third week looking at Elvis films. And this week we watched Girls, Girls, Girls. We did. Because Mrs. Garrett wrote the movie from uh, or from uh, Facts of Life. Yeah, Facts of Life. Can I? Yeah. Can we start with the fact, by the way? Movie is called Girls, Girls, Girls. There are only two girls in this movie. I mean, I can think of at least seven girls. Okay, but Elvis only pursues two girls in this movie. I can think of a third girl that he was secretly pining for, and that was uh, the boat. No, the, well, the boat. May, the boat was probably a girl. I think <laughs> um, Yen's mom. I think he was into as well. I mean, that seems like a reach. It's The movie should be called... We watched very different movies then, if you think that was a reach. The movie should be called Boat. That's <laughs> it my should first, be called Boat. My first note, because he does not love anything as much as he loves that boat. Yeah, this, like, this is not accurately titled. No. What? I mean, Girls, Girls, Girls makes it sound like, I don't know, Elvis is on spring break or something. You know, it sounds like a right. But he's this cat. like layabout cad, which kind of, but not really. No, I in the Elvis movies that we've watched for this month, he's more subdued in this one. I would say he's like more committed to uh, Laurel than he was to any of the other women. You know, I mean, I guess like by the end of Blue Hawaii, he came around with uh, his primary love interest but that movie started with him cheating on her in front of her yeah he was making out with a flight attendant on the tarmac while she was waiting to greet him yeah that one seems like a more of a girls 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 that was at least girls girls yeah this is this is like girl that he's breaking up with then new girl well yeah because it's um like his relationship with robin it seems like they had a thing, and maybe they're each other's, like, you up text. Yeah. They but, had those back then, right? Yeah, they did, definitely, yeah. for sure. 100%. Yeah. 100p. Um, but it seemed like they weren't together, or nor did they really want to be together Well, anymore. and if you read the same stuff I did, she also did not want to be on this film set. So no, she didn't want to do it to begin with, and every day confirmed that, and that gut feeling for... Uh, Miss Stella Evans. Yeah, there was a lot Stella of... Stella Stevens, sorry. Stella Stevens, yeah, there was a lot of information about the fact that she was under contract to Paramount, 
and they wanted her to do this film and she had zero des- like she read the script and went why would i want to do this movie where i'm the girl why would that- i want to be elvis's cast off yeah and i think that's fair because that is a thankless role but they sort of strong armed her into taking the role and she seemed to have a miserable experience uh part and she didn't say anything bad about elvis but definitely our old friend the director and her did not get along, which seems weird because the guy who if you listened to last week's show, you know, is willing to lie to children about their grandparents dying. Yeah. Uh, Norm, Norman Taurog, who Nor- uh, is the most featured director besides Zack Snyder on this podcast. Yeah, we didn't do that on purpose. That's a funny thing. I think he just directed a large swath of readily he directed available precisely Elvis three movies. Elvis movies. But they're the ones that are easy to find on streaming services. That's that, And they don't have stellar reviews. Yeah, well, I think maybe that's the key, right? Is Elvis did a lot of movies, but his worst movies seem to all be with one man. Yeah. I would, I would be willing to bet that Blue Hawaii is middle of the pack. I think it probably is, but this is not. This, this and uh, It Happened at the World's Fair both decidedly not. And I think that, like... If you take what was good about World's Fair and what was good about this and combine them, you probably would have another middle of the pack movie. Probably. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, I will get to it when we get to the silver linings, but like the music was better in this movie than it was in World's Fair. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Like World's Fair definitely had the worst music of the three because it doesn't have any memorable Elvis songs in it. No. And this had... One one of his biggest hits, and the "Girls, Girls, Girls" song is pretty damn catchy. Well, yeah, I mean Motley Crue covered it, right? And the Beastie Boys, yeah, and that television show starring Lena Dunham, yes. But it only covered a third of it, right? Only the first part, only yeah. Act One, yeah. Um, yeah, this like this movie, if anything, might have the most linear plot it does it ha- i i think we can get to the plot pretty quickly so he works on a, a fishing boat he's a, I, a I fishing tour guide he's a fishing tour guide and he he works for this old man who again i mean it's hilarious to me the the thing opens with the credits and this song the girls 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 song and then it immediately spends 10 minutes on fishing L- Landing a marlin. Landing a marlin. Um, and yeah, it, it immediately... And then, like, has to reset the song when some girls pass by on a boat ten minutes later to be like, oh, right, girls, that's what we were doing. Here. That's what the movie's about, is girls. But his, um, but his boss yeah. is retiring and selling his As boats Papa to... Papa Stavros has to move to drier climes of Arizona. This movie also set in Hawaii. Yes. And, yeah, so he... Which is why you could probably, well, I mean, that would be combining with Blue Hawaii, but I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you could combine all three of these movies into one great movie if you took no. all the parts that worked. But uh, yeah, it would, it would be such a exquisite corpse that it wouldn't work. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so his his boss is retiring and, and seems to want to sell the boat to him, but he doesn't have money to buy this boat. So uh, the island's Chad in this version buys the boat. <laughs> Yeah, he sells it to the worst human being ever. Yeah, and so that guy buys all of these boats, and then Elvis has to work for him, 
in order to try to raise the money. But the guy is also clearly screwing him on the money. He says something about the more fish he brings in, the less percentage that he gets of the like his cut. That's a, that's a quality dealer right there. That is that is some sharecropper math, if ever there was. Also, just seems to incentivize the idea of bringing in as little fish as possible. Yeah, it's it's good business practice. Let's uh dick over the people that are bringing my piecework uh, payment, whatever widget. Well, also, I'm not on the boat with them, so it seems you're just incentivizing people to cheat you, basically. Right. Yes. Um. Good. Yeah, it's also he doesn't seem to be able to sail at all either. No, he seems utterly inept at any sort of boatmanship. Yeah, which seems like a weird move to then buy all these boats and be a dick to everybody who knows how to use them. Right. This guy was bad at life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he dies in the end. It's unclear, but I think he's left to his death on the boat. Yeah, uh, that I think we'll, I want to put a pin in the the end sequence because I think that that we should. I think that probably belongs in the maligning portion, but well, let's go sequentially. Okay, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So that seems the the main plot uh, is that Elvis wants to get the money to buy the boat. This does do the thing that we were talking about. I don't remember if that was last week or the week before, but Elvis's character needing money sings at a club for money. Because he's good at it. Yeah, so A plus for that, for, you know, being one of the few movies to realize that Elvis sounds like Elvis when he sings and that there might be money in that. Yeah. And, like, all three of Elvis's love interests in these movies that we watched are just utter ciphers. Well, this They're, like this one has the most character. I I don't. Does she? I mean, I was gonna say her whole thing. She has personality, but like her arc, as much as I understand it, is she's secretly rich. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she has anything interesting to do, but she has a definable characteristic. Bad other at than cooking, and and rich and. I, they're all terribly written characters, all all of the love interests. This is the one that I probably like to use the parlance of our times shipped with Elvis the least. Yeah. Is that a boat pun? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, they didn't seem like they had great chemistry. I actually liked her quite a bit. Like, I think we could definitely talk about her as a silver lining. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Their relationship didn't feel. And they didn't seem to fit. No. Like, they were together because she was in the movie. Yes. But he did have better chemistry with her than the actor who did not want to be there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. man, did, like, it was like an exercise in quiet quitting watching Stella, Ste uh, the actress Stella Stevens in that character, as that character. You know, if we keep talking about it, I might be able to sell myself on the idea that it's a silver lining how much she does not care about this movie. <laughs> she might actually be the hero of this movie. Yeah, I, I'm, I might go ahead right away, and even though we're still in the maligning portion of the movie, and, and, and put, and say outright that... <laughs> That her utter phoning it in, like it was Harrison Ford in Last Jedi uh, levels of phoning it in. It really was that she just showed up, said her lines and left. She's like, I'm going to get paid to smoke cigarettes and talk. 
and she did. Yeah. I mean, God bless her. Yeah. Way to go, Stella Stevens. Kudos to you. Look, um, I don't know where we're at in the overall maligning, but I don't have a lot to say about this and I don't want to, you know, but I, I will not get to the silver linings without mentioning this. There is a lot of uh, problematic representation of Asian people in this movie, just as a wide swath. So when you say a lot, that implies that some points when Asian Americans are on the screen, that it isn't horribly insulting to their culture and heritage. Yeah, no. And I would say that every second involving anybody even adjacent to to people of asian descent it is just yeah no i apologize if i made it sound like that every second that an asian person is on this screen i think is a hate crime it's bad it is at very at very least would necessitate some cultural sensitivity training yeah it's at a minimum the most and it's weird because we watched Blue Hawaii, which what did that was that after this, like chronologically? I think Blue Hawaii was the first one they did, yeah. Uh, I think. But it's just the the dialogue for the characters is clearly written by white people and is so stereotypical and terrible. Oh, every line in this movie reads like Confucius say blah yeah, blah blah. Like it's so bad. It's so bad it's bad there's a song that elvis does with two little girls that is terrible it's all bad it's just blanket bad yeah it's it's all bad every every bit of it is bad and offensive and and i think what almost hurts it even more if that is even possible uh is that like you saw Elvis have a positive relationship with an Asian American child in uh, it happened at the world's fair. Well, that's, what's weird is both of the, uh, like all of these movies have Asian characters in them and in blue Hawaii, he has friends and it's actually very charming. Like we talked about it when we did that episode that they're his friends and they hang out and they play music with him and he kind of busts the chops of the one guy that eats the weird stuff. And then yeah, and it happened at the World's Fair. He actually has a very tender parental like sort of affection for this lost little girl and and takes care of her. And then this movie it's all just out of place and terrible and the the most just reductive stereotypical horrible dialogue and scenes and I hated all of it. Yeah, it's it's I have to feel like even by 1962 standards, this was people were like, hmm. well, I, and I would say that based on the other two movies, like showed at least a floor, you know, like a minimum of the way that it could be handled. Well, especially the fact that Blue Hawaii came out before this. Yeah. And World's Fair came out after this. So maybe it's, you know, he made Blue, Blue Hawaii. He's like, you know what? Not enough AAPI hate in this movie. And then he had to course correct with it happened at the World's Fair, but it does seem like it got worse then if that's the order that it goes blue Hawaii that girls, girls, girls. It happened at the World's Fair. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's a it's a bad look. Yes. Um. 
and I think I think this movie, you know, Elvis. If there's one consistency, especially by 2023 standards, bit of a creep. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that for sure, and might talk about that again in this. Yeah, um, but what I was gonna say is, you know what? I'm <laughs> based on the other male character. He is a positive delight and a and an, and an utter feminist. <laughs> relative to uh jeremy slate as wesley johnson i actually think that this elvis character is the sort of the most stand-up guy of the three they all yeah they all kind of have shades of the same thing where they're like some percentage cad and some percentage charming good guy and i think those dials are sort of played with in each movie where i think chad was the chad was the caddiest he was the most caddy. But I think this guy, what's this character's name? I can't remember it. Ross Carpenter. Ross Carpenter. Sure. Uh, he he's for sure, like he seems like a good guy. He's a little uh patronizing in the the dinner scene, you know? Like he's he's got a little bit of some stuff. You know, I yeah. don't understand his logic with the boat. I can you, I know we're not talking about that yet, but whenever we do talk about that scene, very confused by the resolution to the boat stuff as well. Yeah. But, um, uh, but he seems like a decent guy and he seems like he treats the women in this movie kindly and he's not a creep. He's not two time in anyone. No, he's very clear that things are over with Stella Stevens character. There were probably scenes that she didn't want to film and he's like, let's just work it into the script, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we're just broken up then. We hate each other. We're we're just uh we're over it and let's just uh, move on you know i'll return the sender <laughs> yeah um yeah no it's um i will say not necessarily as a counterpoint but just to show that this movie may have in the very final moments realized there was a, a touch too much logic for an elvis movie because we have the the reprise of girls 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 the song at the end and it's just Elvis dancing around with just borderline offensive ethnic stereotypes of yeah. Asian women. Yeah. And then Laurel, his love interest, who he decides to marry at the end, she's just like, oh, you. Yeah. And like. For a movie called Girls, 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 Elvis wasn't living the Girls, Girls, Girls lifestyle, and that's, no. you know, a bad choice. No, again, in Blue Hawaii and in It Happened at the World's Fair, those are much more girls, girls, girls type characters. Yes. Blue Hawaii, probably the girls, girls, girlsiest. Yeah, but It Happened at the World's Fair, still pretty girlsy. He, yeah. He's juggling multiple women and he was lying to that nurse. Yep. But, okay, so are we going to talk about the boat scene? At the very end? Yeah. Yeah, that scene's wild, man. Okay, so first of all, just to set it up, so he wants to buy the boat. Uh, his love interest is secretly rich and she now sufficiently trusts him that he loves her for her. It's a real like Prince and the Pauper, Aladdin, whatever have you type of situation where she doesn't want to tip her hand that she's rich until she's sure that he loves her for her. And then when he does, she secretly buys the boat that he wants from the creep guy and then tells him and he gets mad. So he goes to somewhere that you can only access by boat. And so then she needs creep guy to take her out on a boat on the boat that she just bought to get to Elvis. 
and it's in the middle of some kind of storm. Say boat again. Boat. Perfect. Yeah. It's a boat. This storm. movie should have been called boat. Boats, should, boats, 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 boats. Yeah. And hose. I mean, that would have been more accurate. <laughs> um, yeah. And then because uh, Wesley Johnson cannot sail a boat, he installed a motor. So he's motorboating around the son of a bitch. Yeah, he is. He's motorboat. In the I, son we of actually, a bitch. I have a clip of him from this movie. Oh, do you have the line? No, yeah, this is, this is Wesley Johnson. We motorboat the son of a bitch. That was him in the there movie. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then <laughs> and then elvis you know i have that there every week and sometimes i wonder why do i keep that clip and it's for this exact moment it's moments like this yeah that it's there for you could but wait a lifetime El- for a moment like this some people do uh but then elvis like like rides a boat like a like a horse he does ride a boat like a horse like, I, 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 can't, I can't think of another way to describe it. No, he's it's, he, it, it's like the painting of Washington crossing the Delaware is like the way he's standing on the boat. Yeah, but he's also got like reins. Yeah, and he's and it's rocky like he's hitting the water up and down and he he definitely is riding the boat. I mean, I can just imagine that I was like, well, I did a couple of Westerns there and, uh, you know, just uh, let's do that. Third act. <laughs> Yeah, and so he rides the boat at the other boat, 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 and they boat fight. They both, both like the actual ships that they're on smash into each other and the guys start punching each other. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a brawl. And let me tell you, like, Wesley can sell a little bit. Yeah. Elvis can take an effing punch, though, or Wesley just can't throw one. <laughs> Yeah, because like I mean, this is straight like, like Undertaker levels of no selling when Wesley punches Elvis. Yeah, he's hulking up. I mean, he's tra- he's wrote, ridden in on his horse and he's trying to save his girl, so he's not gonna sell. He at one point I think he stuck his finger in yeah. Wesley's face and went. Then then bounced him off of the off the uh, the mast and yeah. hit him with a big boot and a leg drop, brother. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they have this boat fight. And then he's like, you're going to sell this boat back to her. Which is, yeah, insane. I don't understand. Yeah. And then they jump back into the tiny little dinghy speedboat. And then they almost die. And then they almost die. Because their tiny boat gets, I don't think. Goes under the, that that had to have been an accident. And that was the only coverage they had for it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I thought the same thing where I was like, I'm like, this seems legit dangerous. That their tiny boat. Yeah, almost like it goes under the large boat and by some miracle is not torn to shreds. You know, it's. Yeah, like it literally just dips under the prow of this, the sail, which is a pretty large sailboat. Yeah. Um, And I know either maybe that was the first take and they're like, OK, we're not going to try that again. Yeah. The fact that everyone's OK, you know what? We'll just use it. Of course, uh, our, our old friend Norman Taurog was like, now nah, let's shoot it again. <laughs> Tell him Elvis died. What? <laughs> we got to shoot it from different angles again and again and again and again. Uh, yeah, that definitely sounds like him. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's wild. But also in the context of the movie, I'm pretty sure he's like, sell the boat back to him. I think because he's leaving the guy to die. 
yes, but no bill of sale was transacted between them after the fact. So she just lost. A, she just spent eight. She just lit eight grand on fire. Yeah. And that's but, 1963 eight grand, which in today's money is 14 trillion dollars. So that, that is accurate. But yeah, it's like I didn't get that. And when we never see him again, but presumably, I mean, the whole thing is Elvis was coming to rescue her. Well, You know why we didn't see him again? It's because uh, uh, a lot of men went into the water that day. That's true. Yeah. Um, and the Makos were there first. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the idea seems to be like I. Elvis rides his boat like a horse to save her because if he doesn't, she's going to die in the storm because Wesley's a terrible ship captain and he's going to get them killed. So by leaving him, he's going to die. <laughs> that's my read on it. I don't think there's another read on it. <laughs> like, no, that's I think what happened. Yeah, I think he died five <laughs> seconds after they left. Which yeah. I would have bumped this whole thing up a, a full star if we just saw him immediately just capsize once they leave. <laughs> and just a shark come out of the water and just... And like, ow! Like it had a big chomping sound. Like it just... Ow. Yep. Ow. Just straight hungry, hungry hippos him. That would have been great. Uh, speaking of storms, I feel like this is another area that needs to be maligned. When they're just, for whatever reason, they go visit his old Asian friends... I mean, I tried to already get past it because I don't want to focus in on it. But yes, I mean, all of it was bad. I think that's what we were talking about earlier. I, I, I'm saying let's move past the the horrific Asian stereotyping that was going on. So then there's but, nothing else to talk about because they are just Asian stereotypes. Well, there's just the really weird scene where they're like lighting matches and having bedroom talk while the woman is in bed with Laurel. Yeah. And it's just weird. Yeah, because they try to keep them in separate rooms, you know, because it's the 1960s and they're unwed. Right. But then. But at the end, she's like, he's like, well, it's like, well, we could, uh, I'll get married. You can just uh, live in sin with me, baby. And she's like a little bit of both because yeah. she's a modern woman. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just, it's like, I wish all three movies we watched this month had the sense of fun that Blue Hawaii did. This one got closer than World's Fair, but... Yes, for sure. Um, I mean, I think I think we may quibble over second and third, but Blue Hawaii is definitely oh, it's, in, the, in the lead right now. And significantly so. Yeah, it's not close. Yeah. Where I feel like these two are, are close together, I think it, it's just, I think, personal preference sort of... Yeah, I think I enjoyed them. World's Fair more, but... It's uh, yeah, I don't think either answer is right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think that's as good a time to pivot. Well, and I'll tell you, or do you have something else? Well, OK, because I, I need a little liminal space because this is not a silver lining for me, but it might be a silver lining for someone before we move on. And I don't know if you know about this because we didn't talk about this ahead of time. But we have to talk about Elvis's boner. Your face says that you don't know about this. So. Oh, no. I'm, it... Okay. I've heard. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that this movie is infamous for is apparently, and I, we, I'm not even going to say apparently because I, having watched it, can now verify that this is true. Elvis has a visible erection in a scene, and it was actually written about his road manager, Joe Esposito wrote a memoir and talked about the filming of this 
and uh it's during the the walls have ears number which is a great song uh yeah it's uh, right after the clip that we played that yeah which is it's weirdly like remarked in the imdb trivia as elvis's only tango yeah (laughs) but uh, you would have thought he would have done a a cell block tango in uh jailhouse rock but missed opportunity but he didn't but uh but yeah, so it's it's the number, you know, the, it's the where they're in her apartment and they hear everyone in the other apartments and they do a tango. But yeah, he Elvis got a very visible erection. And there's a quote from Esposito in his book where he quotes Elvis as saying, damn, parents were rubbing me the wrong way and I couldn't stop the feeling. Jeez, I hope they don't have to do reshoots. Which no, they it didn't. Is, it, it's pronounced like it, it is it, unmistakable. It's pronounced. And then the quote from Esposito is, I couldn't believe it when the movie came out. There was Elvis dancing around the apartment with little Elvis at attention and aimed directly at Laurel. Of course, you had to be looking for it to notice. I'm guessing that only a few of us there were looking in the area and saw little Elvis in action. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> But yeah, he for sure has a visible boner. Like it's it's way more than the Little Mermaid or like any anytime you've been told there's a boner in a movie. It's 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 not quite as bad as like the opening scene of 40 year old virgin. But it's pretty close. But it's not far off. Yeah, it's close it, like that in Anchorman. Like it's in that territory. <laughs> it, it's actually the Anchorman one is closest. Yeah. No, but it's, yeah, it's for sure there. And also, I do think it's hilarious that he tried to blame his pants. That's very funny to me. Yeah. Sure, sure, Elvis. Sure, sure, it was the pants. Yeah, it wasn't the tango. You wear one type of pants in these movies. (laughs) Yeah, it had nothing to do with the tango that you were doing with the woman. Yeah, it had nothing to do with you rubbing up against a very attractive... uh, her actual actress name was Laurel as well. Laurel Goodwin playing Laurel Dodge. Yeah. From the Tony Danza school of naming people. Yeah, she was Laurel and he had a hearty boner. Good night, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that... Bl- <laughs> I wasn't going to put it in the silver linings, but... It's not, know. no, it's... <laughs> it goes... It, it, that fits right where it belongs. I mean, in his pants, clearly. Yeah, in his pants. Um. All right, so now shall we pivot? Yeah. On a fine point. <laughs> At a 90 degree angle. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think one of the reasons that I would put this ahead of World's Fair is the music is substantially better in this movie than it is in... Uh, world's fair i would definitely agree with that and we've already mentioned two of the songs obviously one being a truly three well right but i okay i don't remember the third one we mentioned then but uh the obviously iconic hit for elvis return to sender is in this movie uh the tango the you know the girls 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 oh and girls 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 yeah so we did mention three yeah i can count yeah, I forgot because it's the name of the movie. I was thinking of the other two, but uh, right, right. But no, um, Return to Sender. What a great effing tune, man! Like that's yeah. a good song. It is, yeah, and it's great. And I like that it. Again, I enjoyed that this movie leaned into the reality of if a boat guy needs money, he can make it singing at the local club, and that that is the song that he sings there. 
Like that, that makes sense. It's a hit. He's singing a hit and they're going to pay him. Yeah. Um, no. And like, that was, I, I know we're sort of past the line, but that was like a weird thing of their relationship. Like, neither laurel nor ross seemed like they really wanted to be with each other but the movie wrote them as being together so like he would always blow her off for things she would be you know a little too fastidious maybe for a free swinging guy like ross um but but no like but then he so he's like i gotta make some extra money i'm gonna go sing at the club he just takes over the club for the rest of the night, much to the chagrin of um, Robin. And yeah, and it it's it's a good way to like diegetically work music into the movie that makes sense yes. compared to a lot of the other like the opening girls, girls, girls number makes no sense. Some of the songs like they're singing while they're working on the fishing boat make a little bit of sense. When again, the first girls, girls, girls is saying while a bunch of men are fishing. So, well, you know, I don't I, like, is it mermaids? I mean, is what, it what else are a bunch of semen going to think about? Is it is it sirens? Like, is, is, it is are sirens. they being called yeah. to the, the rocks and they're going to crash and get boners and um die? Yeah. Uh, related to that scene, I, I, I'm going to call it a silver lining for me just because I, I just really loved when the guy lands the marlin and they so obviously got a frozen marlin to bring onto the boat. Yeah, they did. Like, so good. I just love that it's like, this thing has been dead for a year. It yeah. is it is a block of ice, and what? they're bringing it onto the boat. And I loved that. Well, and after showing that, like... The stock footage. The stock footage of a very active Marlin that they're, like, <laughs> fighting with to get on the boat. And then it's immediately lifeless and frozen. <laughs> stuff That made, that made me so happy. Yeah. Because, um, like... I, I am no deep sea fisherman, but my understanding is that landing a marlin is one of the like peak accomplishments as a deep sea fisherman. Yeah, I mean, I am a deep sea fisherman and I can confirm that. Yeah, that's one thing I do know about you is you are a deep sea fisherman. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to talk about it a lot because it's just it's like my day job. But yeah, I'm a deep sea fisherman. That's why he lives in landlocked Taos, New Mexico. <laughs> So. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, but no, the songs are awesome. I think, uh, Laurel Dodge is, I, she, I liked her a lot. I think she was a good character and I think she did a good job. No, I thought Laurel she Goodwin is Laurel Dodge. Yes. I legit thought that she was very charming and yeah, maybe her and Elvis didn't have the best chemistry, but. I liked her a lot. I liked her in the tango. I thought, you know, like she was charming. She could dance. She played the character as little was asked of her. She played it really well. And I would say is probably one of, if not the most memorable of the love interests of the three movies that we watched. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah. Um, I think the nurse stood out just because she was sort of the only love interest kind of right so that may helped her stand out her being one of the few her and the the young asian girl being the two women characters in that movie with any lines any appreciable lines um but no she like i, I think she had more of a little bit more agency a little bit more of an interesting point of view than uh the lead in blue hawaii and i think more than the nurse too 
Well, and I, yeah, I think I like that by making her rich and deciding to have her hide it, that it gave her a lot of sort of agency and just power, you know? And I think that's nice in these movies because... It's it's nice for a woman in the 60s. Yeah, to have that kind of power to be able to buy boats. I want women in the 60s to be able to buy boats if they want them. If I had a time machine, the yeah. one and only thing I'd do <laughs> is make sure that women in the 60s could buy boats. Yeah. By the way, have you seen uh, the episode of Bob's Burgers where Linda starts taking flying lessons and uh, it's a upskirt Kurt? I don't know it, and I, I feel like it, it's not specific enough, but I, I felt like there might have been some inspiration for Upskirt Kurt in the plot of this, because it's sort of the same dynamic where creep guy takes woman out, you know, and is trying to put the moves on her, and our protagonist love interest guy has to come save her from the creep. Yeah, it, well, and part of it was... Like, she needed saving more from the dangerous situation of them dying on a boat, but she was doing a pretty good job of rebuffing that jag off. But there were two. That's the thing. It was both rebuffing him and not dying. You know, and I think, yeah. you know, she could have handled either one, but I think both she, together. I, I think she was lucky that Elvis was on the way because I think she would have, would have had an easier time rebuffing. Uh, the advances. I think she made the right choice. Yeah. Or was just, or no, she was incredibly lucky that there was someone to save her from in, in almost certain death. Well, also, I mean, we say lucky, but she was looking for Elvis. So that's know. true. Yeah. So yeah. it's not that coincidental. Um, I, we, we said it before, but I'm going to say it again. Stella Stevens outright <laughs> disdain for this movie. I've sold is, myself on it. It's a highlight. It is so good. Like, if you, didn't know the backstory you would think she gave one of the all-time worst performances in a movie when you know that she is 100 quiet quitting in this film it is gorgeous yeah no she is giving an amazing fu performance yeah it's it's just it's very funny to watch and yeah i i would love to know if they cut stuff or had to work around it because because like you know that norman tower is like uh uh, Stella, could you put out the cigarette, please? No, I no, can't. No. I'm not doing that. Look, if Betty Davis wouldn't put out a cigarette, she's certainly not going to. Yeah, no, no, no chance is Stella Stevens. And man, like Stella, it almost seems like the names are flipped where Robin Gantner would be the actress and Stella Stevens would be the, the movie character because that's a dope name, Stella Stevens. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, God, it is so good watching her just utterly just not give a toot about anything that's happening. Yeah, she there were no toots to give. Um, But and like it seemed like she did on some level enjoy working with Elvis because some of their one on one scenes did have some fun give and take. Yeah, I, and everything I read, it was the producers and the director that she really hated and didn't. That seems to be a common theme, especially with uh, Tarhawk, that like, you know, people go out of their way to be like, I liked working with Elvis, did not enjoy working with him. Yeah. Um, Which, I, you know what? Another silver lining. We said it last week, but I'll say it again. He's dead. So. Norman Tarhawk is dead. That is yeah. indeed a silver lining. That is a good thing. Yeah. We're all happy about it. Yeah. And it's not a, a better place having lost him. It's not a prank. I'm not saying that to get you to cry because you wouldn't. 
I'm not. I'm not trying to elicit uh, a joyful reaction in a scene from you by telling you Norm Tarog is dead. <laughs> um, he just is. Yeah, he just. It's just true. It's it's just a true fact. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he was on a small boat that went underneath a larger boat, and that's how he died. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, I always appreciate the fact that I'm a little bit younger than you by about six months, seven months. Yep. Uh, and good old best, baby Andy, good old baby Andy. Yeah, that's me, baby Andy. <laughs> I'm little baby Andy. Yeah. Uh, but the best part about that, uh, my time on this earth in no way, shape, or form overlaps with Norman Taurog, and yours does by about two months. Yeah, he died. Him. He <laughs> three month old Joel Murphy murdered Norman Tower. Look, I because he told him your grandma was dead and you love your grandma. And I was like, that's not true, you psycho. And then I killed him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can finally reveal that now. That's the the serial podcast the, that we've the, all been leading towards. Yeah, this, all been these leading to the murder of Norman Taurog by three month old Joel Murphy. I finally took three of his movies to finally work out the courage to say it, but I did it. Yeah. Um, and the statute of limitations has like, sure expired at this on murder point, so. because that um, happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no. Here's the thing: is uh, I actually before this episode, I went to the police and I told them, and they were like, "It's cool." That yeah, guy you're sucked. good. Cool, yeah. bro. Yeah, we don't care. That guy. <laughs> I think I, I, you showed me the picture. They fist bumped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, "That guy sucks so bad." Like, that's awesome. <laughs> F that guy. Yeah. Um. Luckily, you did it in an LA police office. <laughs> Where they would have a little bit of Hollywood sense. <laughs> yeah. They were very up to speed. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that uh, that guy sucked. He really did. Yep. Uh I'm gonna you know what? It's it's trite at this point, but god damn is Elvis awesome. I was gonna say the if Elvis wasn't a silver lining, I'd be concerned. He, yeah. There's a reason that guy did a lot of movies, and it's cause he's charming as hell. He like he might be the most charismatic person or one of the most charismatic people to ever be in movies and music. That's like he's, true. Yeah. He, you know, um, just, you know, he just has an energy even when like he's around just dumb and bad things. You're like, yeah, but it's Elvis. Like when he's twisting with the two little Asian girls and their, um, you know, stereotypical dress it's like it's elvis though well that's the thing is like the scene contextually is terrible and it shouldn't be happening but those kids probably had a fun time dancing with um, elvis i bet you they i bet you twisting with elvis was a a cool moment for them yeah, yeah. i've never twisted with elvis me neither he he died before both of us or as far as anybody sure. knows yeah but uh wink yeah, yeah. 1977 supposedly yeah so they say yeah how uh, cool would that be if he was on next week? Oh, that'd be wild if we had Elvis on. That would be yeah. pretty effing cool. I mean, we already dropped one bombshell this week, so that would be two for two. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, no, this uh, it does make me want to watch some of the, like the the good Elvis movies. Having done a bunch of Elvis flicks so far, watch Viva Las Vegas. I I think I said that. Before, no, I love but, you. That's yeah. that. I mean, I think like I said, I think Jailhouse Rock is my favorite. Uh, but Viva Las Vegas is also very good. Yeah. Yeah, those ones are good. Um, did, didn't he do like, he did like 100 movies, right? He, I think actually like 40. 
Yeah, I, he did a lot. I don't know he the did, actual he number. He did many. He did like he was like the Samuel L. Jackson of his day. He did enough movies that you could call him as much a movie star as a pop singer. Like, which, literally. Which is funny, because it's not how he's remembered at all. No, it's but not it at all. But it is statistically true. Like, he, and in this, like, especially the mid to late 60s, he was doing a lot more movies than he was doing performing or singing or releasing music. But it's not how he gets talked about. No, he doesn't get remembered. I mean, he was a lot better at the singing. <laughs> well, and I think the singing holds up a lot better. He, also true. I mean... He has like Elvis has so many great songs and just his version of like it's uh yeah he's he's an icon he is you know he's he's remembered and revered decades later for good reason I you know what I I kind of want a hipster Elvis impersonator now though who doesn't impersonate Elvis doing music he only impersonates Elvis's movie career. <laughs> He's just doing shot for shot remakes of all of Elvis's movies. I, I love it. There's some pun to name him, but I don't know what it is, but I'm going to work on. I'm going to workshop that. Okay. You let me know when you get it. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you at some point, but I also want that. He just like, he goes to events and just does scenes from the movies. Yeah. No, I think and it would not be the musical scenes. I think it would be great. Yeah. He only does the acting. He refuses to sing. He absolutely refuses Under to no, sing. All, and, and all right. The weird part though, is he does reenact the spanking scene from blue Hawaii way more than anybody wants him to. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, there's just, he's just an Elvis impersonator. He just, uh, reenacts Elvis acting. And I think what would be great too, it could be really fun where if he had like a blooper reel at the end where he showed all the times he messed up, he could show all his boners. Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hey guys, it's Sean. And Carter. From Potato. Salad. Marmalade. Aid. 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 Potato Aid. salad marmalade. Another podcast here on the Peak Sloth Network. Check it out.